0: Welcome to The Conscious Millionaire Show, episode number 2232.
1: This is David Barnett, author of Smarter Than a Startup, and today we're going to talk about how to build and sell a seven-figure business.
0: Ready to expand your consciousness about what's possible? Great. Because if you're an entrepreneur on a mission to positively change the world, and you want to turn your six-figure business into seven, or scale your seven-figure business to eight, this is the show for you. This is your host, J.V. Crum III. Join me each episode as I go inside the minds of millionaire entrepreneurs and top business experts to get their secrets on how to put more money in your bank account and make a bigger impact. The conscious millionaire show is heard by millions of fans in 190 countries thank you for joining me today hi this is jb and i am so excited you've joined me because today you know we have much more than a podcast and syndicated radio show for you we've got an entrepreneurial training to help you grow your business but before we get started I wanna give a big warm welcome. If this is your first time checking out Conscious Millionaire, I am so happy you're here. I hope that you'll get amazing value from this. And if you are a longtime fan and friend of Conscious Millionaire, I want both of you to know, you can sign up absolutely free and subscribe. We're six days a week. That's right, go to ConsciousMillionaireShow.com And whether you have an iPhone or an Android, we've got both links at the top of the page. Just subscribe and then you'll get all of our shows automatically. Now, help me welcome a good friend. This is his third time back to Conscious Millionaire. You know, after a career in advertising sales, he started several businesses, including a commercial debt brokerage. He helped to finance small and medium-sized businesses and that led to the field of business brokering. Over several years, he sold dozens of businesses for others while also managing his own portfolio of income properties and started his career as a local private investor. My guest today, David Barnett. David, welcome to the show. Hey, JV. It's great to be here. How are you? Well, I am fine. You know, we're just talking about New Brunswick, where you live. I love New Brunswick. When I sold companies, I came to Canada and I, I think I've been to more of Canada than most Canadians because I've been to every province, including Newfoundland and Labrador, and every major city in uh, Canada. And uh, and I have to say my favorite cities are Vancouver and Montreal. Hope I offended no one. I love all of them, but those just kind of have a certain ethnic, you know, kind of flair, flair to them and there's so much going on. But you know, you, you have gotten into business brokerage, you've gotten into consulting businesses, Today, we're going to talk about how you can build and sell a seven-figure business. Let's start on the build part. What have you discovered? Because you've worked with six, seven, eight-figure businesses, because you're looking at the cash flow, so someone Mm. could have an eight-figure business, but still have a cash flow in the range that you typically work with people. What do you think is the, the, the magic elements, the things that... Most people, if you just focused on these things, you'd get from that six to seven and start building that seven figure business.
1: Yeah, sure. So um, for if you're gonna build a business and build it quickly, um, you know you hear a lot about people who do growth hacking and all this kind of stuff to to try to get more customers. But if you're gonna build a business organically through sales and marketing efforts, you don't know when you make the decision to invest in some kind of marketing or sales promotion that it's really going to pay off or not. Right. So the way to really get it done is to acquire other businesses that are already in your category, because when you acquire them, you already know how big they are, right? So some of the people that I work with, for example, that are in my coaching program, um, they'll do an acquisition, which will cause their business to grow by 60% in one day. Like, boom, it's done. They're 60% bigger than they were the day before and so you see this if you look at large public companies for example they're always growing through acquisition they they will you see it in the financial press big company a is buying big company b they're going to merge them together and so that is the route to quickly growing a business in size now integrating it and making it all work together that's also a challenge
0: yes because oftentimes the culture is one of the big issues i've watched that in m a of all sizes but you're, you're probably asking yourself a question, you're going, well, well, David, that's great, but I don't have the money to do that. How does somebody acquire a business, but they don't actually have to have a lot of cash in order to do it?
1: Well, if you, if, let me tell you, JV, if, if you don't have any money, right. then the very first thing I would ask is, what are you thinking about getting into business for if you haven't been able to run your household successfully enough to have any savings?
0: Okay. But let's like, say you own like, a, you own a business and you're saying I want to acquire another business.
1: Yeah. Okay. So so if you already own a business that that makes it an ideal platform for you to acquire another business. So many bankers for example are going to look at the acquisition of another business as an expansion of your business. So they're going to look at your business that you have today. They're going to look at it together with the business you're going to acquire and they're going to look at it as a combined entity. So if you have a business that's been successful and profitable and you have a strong balance sheet, which means you've been growing your profits, you've been paying down your debts, often then you can, as a combined entity, take on more leverage. There's also the opportunity to get some seller financing when you acquire another business. So you make a deal to someone, hey, I'm going to buy your business for half a million, million dollars, whatever it is. I'm going to pay you 60 or 70% of that on closing. And I'm going to pay you the rest over the course of a couple of years. That kind of deal-making is normal in the world of business acquisition. And so I always say to people that the, the formulation of how you buy a business, typically we're talking about money from three sources. The buyer brings some kind of money to the table. And if you already own a business, that could be equity within the business you already own. Uh, and then you go to the banker for some part of it, especially if there's anything in the way of financeable assets within that target business. Sure. And then the seller is at the third component. And you know it's funny because as things go up and down the economy, I was a business broker during the big great recession back in 08, 09. Right. And I went about a year with no bankers coming to the table on any deals. And we still got deals done simply between the money that buyers were able to put together, either through savings or equity in their business or you know outside collateral and the seller. And we were still able to make those deals happen because When somebody decides they want to sell a business, it's usually because of a pressing personal motivation, which means they need to turn the page, they need to move to a new chapter of their own life. And- Or they
0: want want to go in another direction and they go, okay, because another good reason to sell your business, I mean, one is that you want to move on. When I sold mine, I wanted to move on. But it also gave me a a, a cash chunk. So, you know, it's like, okay, this will allow me to go in this direction, and I want to go in another direction. But then mm-hmm. there are also people who build companies. You know, with Target, I have a lot of clients and people that I know who they go, I want to sell my business on X date, and I want to sell it for this amount, and so I got to build it in order to get there. So they're building their business as an asset intentionally mm-hmm. to sell it. And in fact, I, yeah. it seems to me that, One of the first questions, if you haven't asked this, you might go, oh, I'm too small to ask that question. No, maybe you're too small because you haven't asked the question. Where do I want to be when and why? And what am I going to do when I get there? And the answer, one of the good answers is I'm going to sell this business. And then I'm going to go do this other stuff that I want to do. But how does the person, so building the business, the best ways through acquisition, what is the best way to sell your business? How, how do you well, sell the seven-figure business?
1: You've, you've raised a really great topic when you talk about people looking at the businesses over an asset, because I'll tell you the top five reasons people sell a business, burnout and fatigue right. and boredom is number one. Sure. Then there's divorce, sure. poor health, the need to relocate and, and retirement. And so most of the reasons why people sell are because of these pressing personal concerns. I would say one in 10 business owner actually think that their business is an asset that they're working on to build. The people listening to your podcast are in this rarefied space because they're actually trying to learn, they're trying to think, they're trying to comprehend how they can make these bigger moves. Most of the business owners out there, though, they'll grow, buy, acquire, inherit their business somehow. They'll get to the point where it's providing them with a comfortable lifestyle, and then they stop. They just operated in that status until one of these pressing personal things happens to them. And then they realize, oh my God, I can't run the business anymore, I need to sell. So if you are conscious about your business building efforts, if you see yourself as one of these business owners who's building something cognizant of where you want to take it down the road to your point about the people you, you mentioned who are planning the exit of their business, you can create the opportunity to be the person who is able to acquire these other businesses as these other business owners reach those personal crises points. And so it's all part of your strategy to be the person available so that they can make their exit happen. Because when you have a personal, a pressing personal concern driving you out of your business, it becomes about time. Those people then don't decide how they're going to cash out. It's, I need to sell. And so I need to meet someone who can acquire my business in an expedient fashion and, and just to get back to my comments earlier there, do you think a lot of those business owners that I talked about want to finance part of the sale of their business? It's, you know, given their druthers, they wouldn't. They'd rather have a check on closing, but it's because of the motivation and the fact that oftentimes they just don't have the opportunity to sell it in a cash deal that they end up agreeing to that kind of terms.
0: Well, you're, you're bringing up so many nuggets. I want to kind of tease them out. Uh, and, and say, I think what we're really hitting on today is that the underlying truth of the difference between people who are highly successful and people who have a mediocre outcome, we, you know, is that the ones who are highly successful start out with a consciously determined mm. plan and set of goals and set of deadlines, and they know where they're headed. It'd be like, you're gonna go across the United States Or, and you want to go from point A to point B. Like right now I've been doing a lot of mapping because of some trips that I'm taking. So I go, oh, this is exactly how I'm going to go. Or you just get in your car and you start driving around. The truth is most people build their business like they got in the car and they said, and today I'm going to drive around for a couple of hours. You know, but I have no agenda. I have no goals. I have no plan for what I'm going to do. Yeah, and I think that that's the difference because when we went to sell you know, the regional trucking lines, and this won't surprise you, it took a, a year and a half and seven legitimate negotiations before we got the one that we wanted. But we started with an avatar on a whiteboard of who we were going to mm-hmm. sell it to, and the seventh person matched it completely. And And
1: it sounds like you didn't need to sell.
0: No, we didn't need to sell. I wanted to sell. I did, you know, I had the like, I wanna go do some other stuff with my life. Um, And so I wanted to sell. There wasn't a a need, a need and like you had to. There was an emotional desire to go do Mm -hmm. something else, but it also allowed me to wait it out and go through negotiations and find the exact right person And that was also not shockingly the highest offer, right? Yeah. Yeah. So what you're saying is selling that business, don't be one of those five. That's not who you want to be. You want to make a decision today. That's going to be, you know, David's going to have a challenge for you later. I'm going to give you a challenge right now. Today, make a decision. I don't care how large your business is. I'm going to sell my business on this date and choose a number, and I hope it's big because it ought to be a lot bigger than where you are today. The fun part's figuring out how to do that. And I'll tell you the, the big hits, you gotta change your mindset about who you are and what's possible. That That's the biggest part of it. The, the actual right. strategy and execution, as much as that's a lot of work, it's the smaller part. Because if you don't have a plan and you don't believe you can get there, you're never gonna get there.
1: Uh, I'll, I'll give you a quick story about someone who intentionally built a business in order to plan for an exit. It was a a regional health and fitness, uh, like a gym operation. And they wanted to sell to a much bigger national company that wasn't in the region. And so they went and spoke with them and they said, hey, would you like to come and buy us? And at the time, these guys only had seven locations. And the big national firm said, you know what? You're just too small for us to take a look at. You would need to be bigger. So what the, the management and ownership of this small regional firm did is they went and they traveled and they visited some of the other locations and they started to open new stores. But all the new stores had the same color carpet as the national company. And all of the equipment that they bought in all of the new stores were the same brands, same models of equipment that the national company was using. And what they did is they basically built out a network of new locations to grow their size, making it as easy as possible for yeah, this. This is the McDonald's version. Down of the road acquisition. And they're like... Well, how can we eliminate all of the objections that these people might have we want to make this the most comfortable tuck-in that they could ever imagine doing and once they got to 20 or 25 locations though they went back to the big national firm and the deal was done and and there was no reason why they they didn't want to do the deal
0: you know and I and I think this is another aspect of what you're, you're talking about David and that's organic versus VC backed so mm. uh, it was. I spent most of my time only working with organic clients. But because I'm also looking at starting a VC-backed business, I'm now working a lot with VC-backed and organic. And I can, I'm can i going to tell you one of the real secrets. If you're organic and you go, I, there's nothing about VC that even interests me. I don't want investors. That's fine. But you ought to steal something and use it. All the VC-backed companies I work with, because they have investors, I come in after they already have investors. They have very strict outcomes that they have told their investors. Because I can tell you, because I'm now beginning to invest in in, in um, early stage companies. You don't invest in less than three to five years. You think you're going to get a strong multiple, and there is an exit plan at least for you. You know the owners may not want to sell, but there's got to be some kind of exit plan within three to five years, or nobody's going to invest in your business. It's just that simple. Well, if you were to ask yourself right now and start thinking of your company as an investor-based company and ask yourself, what would investors need to see in order to find you attractive to put their money in? I guarantee you you will make very better decisions, much better decisions than if you just keep thinking of it, it's just my company. Because now you got to justify every decision you make to someone else.
1: Yeah, yeah. What what you're describing is the difference between what people generally term a lifestyle business, yep, versus somebody who's got this investor management sort of mentality where they're they're actually looking to maximize the return on their investment in some way, um, you know, versus the person who gets to the point where their lifestyle becomes comfortable and they just decide to to keep it going, you know, for decades until they some personal reason causes them to want to sell.
0: Well. I, I'll add one more piece and and then I'll give it to David before we go to break. When you're looking at as an investor, because I'm in an, an investor group, like one deal I'm looking at um, because it looks really highly likely that they have acquirers that will come in within two years. I'm looking for a three to four fold investor. So I put a dollar in, I want three to four dollars out. But the big VCs and the early stage angel investors, if it's a three to five year journey, the the magic number is everybody's looking for tenfold. And what that means is the company literally has to be worth 10 times what it was five years ago. And if you start thinking about your company that way, and all of a sudden you're gonna make a lot different decisions than if you're just going, you know, how do I grow by 10 or 20% a year, which frankly, if you're a six or seven figure business, is a very unexciting uh, pathway for anybody. And if you're a six or seven, you should always be asking, how do I do 100% and 50% to be like your low bottom mark. And maybe you can do more than that, but you've got to start with, how do I double my business and double my business and double my business?
1: Yeah, 10%, that's just keeping up with inflation these days, JV.
0: Yes, it's, it's not uh, you're not sending your kids to Harvard. trust, trust me. So um, David, I'll give you the final remarks before we go to break.
1: Yeah, JV, I think everything that you're saying here is is spot on and it's one of the things that I always talk to my business buyers about is what do you need to get out of a deal? The cash flow that you're acquiring when you buy that business, it's got to do several things for you. It's got to be able to provide for you if you're going to be working there in the business. It's got to be able to cover its debt service cover its CapEx for any new reinvestment, cover its taxes, and most importantly, give a rate of return on the cash you're putting into the deal. And that last piece is the one that most buyers forget about. They just they just think, how much money do I have to get together to do this deal? And they don't look at it as though they're making an investment in one of the riskiest asset classes there are, which is privately controlled corporations. And that rate of return has to be there to make it worth your while.
0: We're here with David Barnett, his book, Smarter Than a Startup. We're going to have a link to that on the show notes at consciousmillionaireshow.com. We'll be right back. When you attend my upcoming live millionaire webinar, you get all three mindset secrets that Elon Musk and other top millionaire, even billionaire entrepreneurs use every day. Plus, you're going to learn the three millionaire mindset hacks. Think of them as the three steps you must take every day if you want to create a 100 times probability that you can get rich changing the world. This isn't beginner information. It's high-octane strategies for established five-, six-, and seven-figure entrepreneurs. Sign up now. Go to ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash millionairewebinar. That's consciousmillionaire.com forward slash millionaire webinar. Again, go to consciousmillionaire.com forward slash millionaire webinar. Welcome back. I'm JV Crum the Third, host of the Conscious Millionaire Show, and I'm here with a good friend Business Guy. He has helped so many entrepreneurs sell their companies. We've been discussing how to build and sell a seven. Figure business. I'm here with David Barnett. Now, if you just joined us on our syndicated radio show, I want you to know that you need, if you have a business and you want to make more money, I'm going to leave it that simple, you need to hear this entire show. And the way to do that is go to consciousmillionaireshow.com. And right at the top of the page, you can subscribe to it with an iPhone or an Android or just scroll down to today's show, build and sell a seven figure business, click on it and make sure to listen to the entire episode. Right now I'm gonna turn it over to David for the 24 hour challenge.
1: Yeah, so JV, you know, getting back to the whole idea of, of looking at your business in an enlightened conscious way versus simply working in your business, the 24 hour challenge I'd like to throw out there is for everyone out there to take a good long look at what they do every day and identify the busy tasks that they're doing that just don't contribute to movement towards those long-term goals and get them off your plate, get somebody else to take care of that stuff. Because as the owner of the business, you have to be in charge of strategy, direction, and the vision. It's not gonna happen if you're spending time doing things that, quite frankly, some of your other employees can probably learn to become even better and more efficient at than you if they're given the, the, the space and the time to develop their skills.
0: Well, I absolutely concur and, uh, you know, hopefully one of the things you get from listening to Conscious Millionaires, I'm always pulling back the curtain. You know I'm an open book. I tell you what's going on with me. So, you know, next year we've got plans to multiply the revenues several fold and I'm coming to the point that I knew I would come to and I'm mentioning this because this may be you and I want you to start thinking about it today. I always want you to think about the future right now. I don't want you to wait is if you have a business like I do where I'm the talent, I coach, I do the programs, I present, uh, I have my podcast six days a week, I knew that the day would come that even though I'm perfectly skilled to be a CEO that I couldn't be anymore. That at some point I was gonna have to divide up the task and bring somebody in who was gonna build the company with me and they were gonna handle building the company although I would be, I'll be involved in that But you can't sometimes be the talent and the CEO. Sometimes you've got to break it up and ask yourself, am I really in a business where at some point, maybe you're a speaker, you know, that you go, wait a minute, I can't do it all. And so even in a a smaller business, and I'm going to say 10 million and under, that you've got to start dividing up tasks and saying it's time for me to get rid of these tasks because they're actually holding me back. So the yeah. fact that I can do them is not the reason to do them. I, and I think that's part of what, what you're saying there. You know, I wanna reach out and thank you personally. You know, I love giving you that energetic hug on every show. Thank you so much for being here. I want you to know that I'm giving you a lot of love and support and I am grateful that you are on the planet right now. Because I know if you're listening to Conscious Millionaire, One of the things is true that you want to make an impact with your life. And I know the second thing is that you want to put a lot of money in the bank, and I want you to. And the third thing is you want to make sure that while you're doing this, you're getting a life that's happy and fulfilling for you. And we help you do that every step of the way. I especially today want to thank all our fans and friends and, you know, Halifax, Nova Scotia. It's a great city. I've been there three times myself. Wonderful people. And Houston, Texas. And now it's time for the conscious millionaire expert questions and david i always start with mindset and so what is the mindset that you've developed that's allowed you to go out and find the right business opportunities and business deals
1: well it's it's i mean it's having a mindset of abundance um you know one of the things when i'm when i'm coaching people that are out there trying to find the right business to buy is they'll end up in a scarcity mindset where they happen to come across a business that might potentially satisfy their needs and they feel like they need to do a deal because they, they get this idea that it's hard to come across one of these deals. And it, quite frankly, is if you, if you do the work to build a proper pipeline, you start to have what we call deal flow where you start to see that there are actually many opportunities. It's, and it helps you to build that abundance mentality And that really, I think is the key to all success in business is just to know that, you know, it's funny. Have you ever had somebody ask you, you know, what you think a good idea is for a business? I know as an entrepreneur, it's hard for me not to have ideas of what could be a business. I'm constantly running across things all day long where I think, oh, this could be done better. That could be a business. This could be a business. The the, the problem is triage is, is to, you know, get the clutter out of your head. Um, And so, it really takes moving that switch in your head to understanding that the world is abundant and there's all kinds of stuff out there that you could do or ways you could tackle things. And, and that really, that mindset is what's helped me.
0: Well, I, I concur. I've been doing master classes lately and I did a master class on that two weeks ago. And, and I said, every belief that you have uh, is on a continuum between scarcity and what I call mm-hmm. limitless abundance. And the more you move down here to limitless abundance and start tapping into literally realizing that the universe in its raw form is limitlessly abundant and out of that nothingness or out of that quantum field that I like to talk about, you know, we put our concentration on it and all of a sudden those waves start to become power- particles and they start showing up. And opportunities start showing up and people start showing up, but I call that synchronicity folks. and. Then you realize, well, wait a minute, the real problem is having criteria to know which of these we want to choose. Not that there aren't any. You know, along with mindset comes strategy. And what's a strategy that would help any entrepreneur or business owner actually make more money?
1: Yeah. Well, it all comes down to future vision. Was and you and you you nailed it earlier when you talked about where do you want to do? What is your goal? What is that, you know, ultimate exit. And then you have to work backwards from there. Right. Um, it, so often, um, I'll have people who will say, I don't know if I should do this deal or that deal. And I'll say, Well, what's your long term vision? And, and, and they choke up. They don't know. And I'm like, Well, this is the place you actually have to start. Because when we're going to do an acquisition, when we're going to buy a business. There's a few things that we look at. Number one is what is the cash flow? This is going to determine the price. The second thing is, um, Will this cash flow continue under my stewardship? So that's when you start to look at systems and what's going on in the business. And does the seller have specific skills maybe that you might have a harder time bringing to the table? But then the next thing is, is is this business actually the vehicle that's going to bring us to our strategically important outcome down the road? And so what it is that you want to achieve, you have to know that this is the deal that's going to bring you there. And if you don't know what you're trying to achieve, then you can't choose the vehicle. You talked earlier about taking a trip across the country Well, if, if, you know, maybe the airplane might get you there quicker, right? If if you know that you want to go from point A to point B. And so the vehicle is only, you you can only make a determination on the vehicle once you know what the destination is.
0: I'm laughing because when I came to uh, Canada, after I sold some companies and went literally to every province, uh, there was one province and I'm not ragging on you folks. I'm not ragging, but it's Saskatchewan. And uh, I remember that day I drove 16 hours, which was much longer than I typically was driving. I was typically driving like 10, 12 hours. But the truth is, uh, one mile is like another mile in Saskatchewan. But that's kind of what you're thinking, is that you also want to know, well, maybe just get on a plane and fly. Now, I happen to have been driving around, so that wasn't an option. But if you were pre-planning that trip, then you would know that there's some things you don't want to do, so it's quicker to just you know, jump in that. And the thing is, if you don't know where you're headed and how quickly you want to get there, you know, we were sharing before the show, you know, where I want to take Conscious Millionaire, just getting clarity about that earlier this year, put me in a position to completely shift my business model. I mean, completely. Am I still working with the same kind of people? Yes, but that business model had to become one to many and it had to be able to grow rapidly in order for me to get on a path that would get me where I wanted to go. And that's a perfect example, folks. If you know where you want to go and you have a big goal, choose a big goal. I always say never choose little goals. They're not fun to, fun to achieve anyway. Choose a big goal and then ask, well, who would I have to become? And what would my business have to become for me to get there? You know, let's drop down because the Conscious Millionaire, living your purpose is very important. Uh, it's, a, it's about making a difference in the world. That underlies every conscious millionaire of business. How do you conceive of your life purpose and how have you been able to bring that into your business and your investments?
1: Yeah. So it's, it's written right here on my wall. I know you and I are watching each other on video, but uh, it says purpose to build personal financial food and energy resiliency for me and my children. So that family focus, I look at it every day. It's right there on the wall. And so everything in my business has to do with being able to, to build the foundation and set those, my two children up for success in their life. And so it's, it's interesting because we talked earlier about lifestyle businesses versus long-term vision and all that kind of stuff. And so my own personal purpose and mission has actually dictated that while my kids were younger, that I did create more of a lifestyle business for myself because I wanted to complete my work between 8 and 1.30 in the afternoon so that my kids didn't have to go to daycare. That was part of the function of this business was to be able to create that opportunity for them. Now my kids are 12 and almost 14. And so increasingly what's happening is I don't need to be hovering over them at every moment. And I can work longer in the day because they just come home, they make right. their own snack. That but kind of thing. now like, you
0: gotta go to soccer practice.
1: And or, so, or well, so now, now even within the framework of the mission and purpose that I've elected for myself, I can now start to have bigger and bigger long-term visions of what I want to build my business into. But to me, really, the business was the vehicle for delivering what I thought was important, which was all about the family focus for me.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's, you know, it's great to bring that up because I think it's such an important part for a lot of people. I mean, I had a family-owned business Uh, And many people have family-owned businesses. And a lot of times those family-owned businesses also have, uh, as a stated purpose, that as they grow, that there's a place for other family members, for example. Right? I was just watching, I've been watching, you know, you go through phases, I'm watching a bunch of documentaries right now. And this last weekend, I watched almost a two-hour, it's on HBO, folks, I just want you to know where it's at, uh, because it's an HBO documentary, on Ralph Lauren. Who, by okay. the day, by the way lauren was not his last name they changed the last name of the family all the brothers agreed because i i can i can't even remember exactly but it was it was um definitely not um brandable and it was about how he built this brand on the american dream and the american fantasy and building clothes but it's not just he's not selling clothes he's selling a whole lifestyle but then he built his business and members of his family are in the business with him. And that became part of it all. So it was really about family. It was about the American dream, the American lifestyle. And uh, and look at where he's at 50, 50 years later. You know, he was able to have an IPO and go public. So I think that's a very important aspect. I want to recommend your book again. And I love the title, Smarter Than a Startup. Smarter Than a Startup. So we're going to have a link for that on the show notes, again, at ConsciousMillionaireShow.com. What's a book that you'd like to recommend, David?
1: Well, you know, we're talking about growing through acquisition and we're talking about folding companies into each other. So I'd like to recommend Cracking the Code by John Bly. And John is a CPA down in Georgia. Mm -hmm. And he wrote Cracking the Code because he's growing his own CPA firm through acquisition. But a lot of what the book is about is about the integration. Is so when we acquire a new business, how do we decide, you know, which payable system to, to use between the two? How do we figure out the telephone system? How do we, like, there's the, the IT network, like, there's all kinds of stuff that have to be negotiated in order for the acquisition right. to really bear fruit. And a lot of the time, people don't think about that stuff. And so it's a great book. Yeah, I, think, I think
0: that's uh, very important. And in fact, when we sold our regional trucking line, uh, the acquirer was another family-owned regional trucking line. They were just bigger than us. They had the same values. They had the same you know, outlook. And so we were a piece that they didn't own because we owned our niche. And they were able to come in and own the niche by buying us because we had been number one in that niche. We uh, became number one 18 years before, and we never stopped being number one. We just always figured out how to be number one. That made us valuable, but it also made the integration easier because they had very similar values. It was family run. Uh, all the members of the family worked in it. And and that's a, 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 one of the really important pieces here. You know, David, if, you're listening and you're going, well, wait a minute. I just want to talk to David directly. I love you, JV, but I want to talk to David today. How would someone reach out to you?
1: Uh, the easiest place to find me online is at davidcbarnett.com. Uh, that's my main blog site. And from there, you'll find links to my YouTube channel. I, I, different books I've written. that I've got, I think I've got seven or eight on, on Amazon right now. We talked about one today, but right. there's all kinds of other stuff out there. If you're just interested in learning more about business deals, then subscribe to my YouTube channel or follow my podcast. Uh, it's which is just the audio of the YouTubes and plus some other stuff, and it's all I talk about. It. And every week there's a new video produced uh, answering a question that someone has asked. Yeah. And so the the it's all these questions coming from the audience, and I answer the questions, and it it's a great way for you to build up your knowledge in this space. And then if you ever want to work with me one day, you know you can reach out to me at that time.
0: Yeah, I think that's great, David. And. You know, if you're a longtime listener, you know, that I typically say here, I never discuss this before we do the show. We have a we have a big setup. We spend about 20, 30 minutes before we record. So that, that's why when we do the show, we, we know what we're going to talk about. We have a plan, folks. But I'm curious, next summit, what is your next summit and what might be a challenge you're going to have to overcome to get to yet one more mountaintop?
1: Well, it's easy. I need two more appearances on Conscious Millionaire yeah. so I get the jacket.
0: <laughs> I, I know the guy very intimately who makes those decisions personally. <laughs> 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 Folks, I'll pull back the curtain in case. I'm thinking about doing a special program on podcasting. It'll be a small program. It just came up a couple of days ago about people who really want to learn how to be great podcast hosts because I think I've got got that one down. But, um, you know, everybody handles their podcasts differently. Uh, I'm on a lot of podcasts and some people have, you know, people that go, oh, yeah, I'll turn you over to them. They actually make all the final decisions. People who don't even vet their own people and that's fine. Uh, I vet every person who's going to be on the show and I make all the personal decisions about it because I know what I'm looking for. And um, I don't think I'll ever give, give that up. I might give up my calendar. But I don't think yeah. I'll ever give that up because oh. I make the personal decision of every person who comes on the show.
1: It's 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 so important, and I'm with you, JV, because people want to come on my show all the time, and and uh, my assistant and I will look at these people and we'll find all, you know. It, when you have someone on your program, there's an implied endorsement, right? There is. You're, you're, uh, you're I, basically saying, and you know, am like,
0: I'm, I'm implying also they're a conscious human being because that's what my show is about: being yeah. conscious in how you build your business.
1: Yeah. And you, you like, you know, I had a guy approach me the other day and he wants to be on the show and we did one quick look and it was easy to tell that he had, you know, you know how people will pay money sometimes to acquire followers, to make themselves look more important than they are. Yep, no. And it was obvious that this guy had done that I said, you know what, that I, that's not the kind of person, person yeah. that I want in my space. And so it, it, there's a lot of people out there who want to leverage what other people have built and, and you have to protect your, your audience and, and only share good things with them. You know, at, well, at and, and,
0: and I, I'm fortunate. I have a lot of celebrity level people, but yesterday I, I, I made a decision. I'm certainly not going to tell you the company, but one of the largest companies in the United States, I could have had the CEO, um, but, but they do things that are not conscious, right? Mm. And I said, what? but I, I can't really, bring somebody on and then I'm just gonna like be a spin doctor and pretend like they they don't create nuclear weapons or something, which in their case <laughs> they did. Uh, and, and I'm just, and if you like nuclear weapons, that's fine. I'm, I don't happen to be uh, a, a proponent of let's go blow up the world. And, and I said, you have gotta be honest with yourself. Yeah, I'd love to meet this, this person, but um, the business doesn't represent the values that I'm mm-hmm. bringing to my audience and I have to say no. Uh, even, even though I'm sure it'd be a fascinating conversation. You know, final question. We're coming up on almost 3,000 shows on the Conscious Millionaire Network, nine different podcasts. So legacy. What's the legacy you want to leave, David?
1: Oh, it's easy. It's, it's, it's all of the stuff that I put out there. I mean, I, I can't tell you that... One of the reasons I got onto YouTube in the first place was because I started to meet people who had done bad deals. So, and when I started to make YouTube videos, people would reach out to me and say, I wish I had met you a year and a half ago. I put, you know, my $300,000 of life savings into this business deal and it was a bad deal and I lost all my money. And I thought to myself, wow, it, you know, this person uh, made a bad decision out of ignorance. They just didn't know. Right. And if, if, it, if people are making these mistakes out of ignorance, well, if I have knowledge, I can share it. And so just creating all the content that I have online, um, you know, and I mean, yeah, people pay to work for me and it's a business and that's how I make my living, et cetera. But just the stuff that's out there for free, I've had hundreds of emails from people who've just told me, you know, I was going to do something that I now realize is foolish because of something I watched on your show. And, and to me, that's the legacy I want to have is, is to help prevent people from doing bad deals. And it's not just buyers, it's also sellers. I've, I've been approached dozens of times by people trying to sell businesses who will say, you know, my, my spouse has terminal cancer or terminal illness. I'm just trying to sell this business so I can spend more time with them. I've been using different business brokers for two years. No one seems to be able to do this. And I'll say, send me, send me the documentation. And I'll come back and say, this is why your business isn't, gonna, isn't selling. And this is why your business will never sell. You need to close and liquidate. And, and no one ever was willing to show them the truth, the truth because they kept running into people who just hoped that they could make a deal to try to earn a commission or whatever. And so it happens to buyers and sellers and it's it not does. just money, sometimes it's time. And so that's, that's my legacy is I wanna help stop people from doing bad deals if I can, just by sharing what I know.
0: Well, and, and, I'll, and I'll, I'll add to that because this is a bit of humor uh, I don't know who who I've shared this with or when I've even talked about it. Um, Out of those seven offers, David, uh, we were in Florida. Uh, One of them, uh, a gentleman flew down from New York, New Jersey to be specific. We went to dinner, you know, it sent a letter. We're interested in acquiring your business. And uh, now I'm an an attorney. (laughs) I'm a licensed attorney. And I'm a licensed attorney who's really ethical. I mean, this is... he was a member of the mafia. And he told us, you know, this is a mafia deal. And then he started outlining, we're gonna want two sets of sales documents, one that's the real one and one that's for much more, and we'll take that to the bank and get all the money. He's explaining the whole thing to me, and I'm just sitting there going, no, this will never happen, right? Now, that's probably the most obvious don't touch this deal imaginable, Mm. but there are a lot of things that, we went through seven deals because we had to find the one that we knew was gonna work. And one of my values I had decided is, I'd had a really nice lifestyle, beautiful home, Mercedes, you know, Porsches, all that stuff. And I said, every person in this company, because some people wanted to chop it up, fire half the people, I said, nope. Every person must be offered a same or similar position for same or similar money than they're currently making, or you can't buy my company. Yeah. Now, that, now, those are stipulations that people will come up with, but that's about values. So that's when you find a family-run company that believes that everybody who works at the company is a member of their family, they had the right values. They said, yeah, we believe that. That's that's how yeah. we do the deal, right? Yeah. So, so you have to get clear about your values uh, to to even know what's a good deal or a bad deal, because it's not just about the money. It's about a whole lot of soft pieces that make the difference between who you are and somebody else.
1: Well, back when I had my brokerage office open, there was this one deal I remember distinctly because I had three different buyers all interested at the same time. And I actually had three different offers to present the sellers. And to your point, JV, they actually chose the offer with the lowest price because of some of these other factors that you're describing.
0: Right, and and that's great because uh, I think that's one of the differences between Conscious Millionaire and what you might get, honestly, listening to some podcasts that are just purely about making money, but there's no value proposition, is that we care about people. I care about every client. I care about every listener. Um, I'm about changing people's lives in the world. That's what's number one before the money. That's always been number one. And I think it'll. It, I'm clear it'll always be one because that's why I'm on the planet. Now you gotta figure out how to make money doing that, but at least you know the starting place. And I think that's what you're talking about. Well, unfortunately we're at the ending place, but the ending place ends with me telling you there are no accidents. This is exactly the information you needed. Right now you wouldn't be here. I hope it's planting lots of seeds about how you're gonna grow your business much faster than just 30, 40 minutes ago you thought was possible. And how you're gonna do that through acquisition. I look forward to connecting with you on our next Conscious Millionaire. And David, thank you so much for being our featured guest today. Thanks for having me, JV. When you attend my upcoming live millionaire webinar, you get all three mindset secrets that Elon Musk and other top millionaire, even billionaire entrepreneurs use every day. Plus create a 100 times probability that you can get rich changing the world. These are high-octane wealth strategies for established five, six, and seven-figure entrepreneurs. Sign up now. Go to ConsciousMillionaire.com forward slash millionaire webinar. Thanks for listening to Conscious Millionaire Media Podcast Radio Network. The host, producer, and owner of the show, distributors, and broadcast media make no claims that the strategies and information discussed on in the show will result in profits and may result in losses. The opinions and advice from the host guests do not necessarily represent those of the owner, staff, management, or broadcasters of the show. No legal, accounting, or financial, or health advice is made in the show. You're advised to seek counsel on matters related to your business, financial investments, or other legal matters from licensed advisors. Always consult your physician or licensed health advisor prior to making any changes in your diet, exercise program, and implementing any health strategies or information discussed on the shows. Now, information provided may be suitable for your situation. As always, take full responsibility for the decisions and actions you take, including the responses that they create in your health.